Welcome to the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. This podcast was created as a way to provide education and connection to the women of Middle Tennessee. My goal is to connect you with local women's health and fitness providers so you know what services are available in your area. I am your host, Amy Bailey. I'm a local women's health physical therapist, yoga instructor, and life coach. Thank you for joining the podcast and being a part of this amazing community. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. Today I have Megan Self with me. Hey, Megan. Woohoo! <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Also, I have a baby in my lap. So, just for those listening, if you hear baby noises, that's actually happening. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So, tell us a little bit about you. Give us a bio, a little rundown of what you do. So, uh oh. There's also a dogs in the background that I hope that they don't bark too. Um, it's real. So what I, right, yeah, that's where we are. <laughs> um, this is the problem with Amazon coming every day. Um, so what I do, just kind of a, a short rundown, is I, the easy answer is that I'm an online fitness coach. So when people hear that, I think they hear, oh, well, you're like a personal trainer, but online, which is sort of true. Um, I do give the workouts based on the specific person that I'm working with. And I do nutrition specific to the person that I'm working with as well. But I guess the thing that makes me a little bit different is that I believe that, and I think this is going around a lot, this whole like idea of the mindset, right? Yes. But I actually, with each individual client, we work with each of their individual mindsets and what maybe they've been through that's, holding them back from the success that they've been trying to see in their weight loss or, you know, in their fitness and health somewhere. Um, Cause very often, you know, and I'll give you an example of, I had a woman who, when she was young, her, all of her siblings were, I don't know if they were healthy, but they were skinnier. They were, they were, um, I guess more fit and, and thinner than she was. And her mom would make comments all the time about how she couldn't fit in something or how they needed to go to a different part of the store to get her clothes or, and so it created this complex and now, you know, here she is in her fifties and she's still dealing with like being terrified of, you know, gaining more weight. Like she's been able to keep it up, but now she's just kind of in this kind of, messed up headspace based on something that happened to her, you know, years and years ago. So we work through all of that kind of thing. So that, I know that's a little long winded, but <laughs> feel free to edit. <laughs> no, but you're right. Like it takes time to change that mindset if it's been ingrained in her from a very long time ago when she was a child, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Really showing we, the yeah. change. Yep. And we, I think it's, it's seen as maybe, for lack of a better word, it's seen as soft to give attention to something maybe that happened to you a long time that is a long time ago that shaped you or makes you feel a certain way now, even though it happened a long time ago. But people don't realize, like working through that, like it's not our fault what happened to us, but working through that is our responsibility. Yes. So you know. 
soft or not, you know, <laughs> it's our responsibility and you only get, get better. You only get happier. You only get, you know, what you want <laughs> if you do so, it. So how did you get into doing this? Um, so it's so crazy because I look back now and I'm like that, just the things that happen, the turn of events. So I was a personal trainer, um, for years. And then I also went to school to be a registered dietitian. And three years into that program, I realized that the, um, basically I didn't want to work in a hospital and just tell people what to eat all the time because even in a hospital the dietitian is not really telling people what to eat the hospital is telling people what to eat True. so um i realized that that wasn't that's not real nutrition that's not what i was expecting so i hopped out of that program switched majors and graduated with an exercise science degree instead and through actually a series of podcasts that i was listening to i found this guy who was like a basically like a business coach for fitness coaches. Mm. And so that was kind of my first step. And that was two and a half years ago that I started my online business. Um, but I basically kind of jumped into that knowing that I was going to have kids at some point and really wanting to work from home and be with them. And um, it actually turned out that my clients online get way better results than any in-person fitness client I ever had. Really? And yes. And I, I think, think I think it's because when you have a, when you're a personal trainer, that's all you're doing. So your client is coming to you for their one, two, three times a week. Mm -hmm. And they're in their minds, that's, they're doing it right. Like they are like, Oh, okay, well I can, I'm going to see her. So then the rest of the week, I can do whatever I want and eat Cheetos and drink beer for the rest of like my whole life. And I'm good because I'm exercising, which like part of that is true. And I would never tell anyone if they would like to, you know, drink beer and eat Cheetos. Like there's a place for that if they want. Sure. But at the same time, they just, that's the mindset that I found that a lot of my clients had. An online client, they are, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm dreaming. Um, I'm doing their fitness, their nutrition, and their mindset, and I'm like checking in with them all the time. Okay. They have more access to me. They have like a more um, well-rounded program where they don't have to go to like three different people for this one, you know, for these needs. It can just be one person, and I'm essentially coaching them through it. And so I know what their workouts are because I'm making them and I know what their nutrition is because I'm doing that and I know where their brain is at because I'm talking to them a lot. So it's easier for me to be able to tell them what to do mm. because I know all the, all the things, all the avenues there. Whereas if I don't really have any idea what they're eating and they're just saying, Oh, well, I eat fine, mm -hmm. but they're not getting results and they're coming to me for workouts. Like there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. So, so you're holding them accountable really in every area. Yes. How often are you, is like a set program, like we meet three times a week for a month or is every program so, different? Well, so it depends on the program. So, and I'm sure we'll talk about, like I'm doing a launch in January and that's going to be like a group program. So okay. right now I only have one-on-one -on -one clients 
And what that looks like is I do, um, usually it's a four month period of time to begin with. Some people will stay on with me for however long they want to. Um, so initially it's four months and we go over all of their previous everything. I make all, like do all of their nutrition based off of what I now know of them. Um, so they get however many workouts they want a week and then a nutrition. And I don't do like a meal plan, if that makes sense. I will do specific nutrition based on whatever their goals are. If, you know, so if it's an, if it's an athlete, then maybe we're doing macros. If it's someone who um, has a, they just found out they have a gluten intolerance and a dairy allergy, then we, we go that route and I show them how to eat without those things in their life. Um, you know, th that type of thing. But, and then each week they check in with me. So they'll send me progress pictures. They'll send me a check-in email and then we have a support call. So like exactly what you and I are doing right now, um, even though our, your listeners can't see us, but we can see each other. <laughs> yeah. So, and then we just kind of go over, you know, we talk about their lives and we talk about, okay, well, here's what you're struggling with. Here's how we could go about not struggling with that anymore. Awesome. I love that. It's so thorough. And I think it's hard for people to get to a trainer sometimes, especially people who may yes. have children or full-time jobs or mm -hmm. whatever. So I love the online route for sure. Yeah. So we can't negate the fact that you have a baby in your arms right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I yes. think, and how old is Ty? Fill everybody in. He is, he's two months old yesterday. Awesome. So Congratulations again. Thank you. So how has this experience of now giving birth, how has that changed you? <laughs> and maybe actual, even, you know, you don't have to get super deep personal with our audience, but. I think having a baby, it has forced me and I'm still doing it. Obviously I'm not mastering the art of baby in two months. Um, in fact, my mother-in-law is coming over later to hang out with him while I pack both of us to leave tomorrow. Oh. Um, yeah, <laughs> so it has definitely opened my eyes to, cause like I've been busy, right? Like we've all been busy. We've yeah. all had full-time jobs. We've all had, you know, at one point I had two jobs, school full-time, a husband, a mortgage, dogs, you know. There's been nothing in my life that has been the same as having a kid. Yeah. So the attention that it requires and the forced organization that it requires, um, learning how to use the delivery grocery system at every single grocery store that exists. I mean, we're talking, I don't know how moms did it before they delivered your groceries. Like, no idea. So... That has changed the way I coach in the aspect of, do I still believe any mom can make it happen? Do I still believe we choose what we want to do? Absolutely. Do I have a very high level of newfound empathy for every mom ever? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, because I didn't know what it felt like to be a mom before. I didn't know that when you, you know, even when I'm doing, you know, my exercises on the floor over here and I have him next to me, I have to really consciously be like, it's okay that you're not holding him. 
Yeah. It's okay that he's laying on the floor with you. Like, <laughs> you know, yourself now. Right, right. And so it's just, it's very, that has been interesting. Um, the physical part of it for me also, um, and for those of you also listening, uh, Amy, who's the host of this podcast is in a lot of ways, my coach for kind of my bounce back from baby. I didn't really realize physically what comes along with carrying a baby and delivering a baby, even though our bodies are made for it, but they're made for it in the most ideal of circumstances. And, you know, as, as physical as I am, I work from home from my computer. I'm not, you know, like, yes, I'm working out, but I used to be a bartender. I used to be on my feet for eight hours at a time and I no longer do that. So I think, you know, it's important to realize that physically we need, moms need women like you, people like you that are showing them how to be strong from the inside out and how to be connected with our body, which I never, you know, I was like the jump squat queen before that. And now we're going to have to work back to that. (laughs) So, you know, and no matter how easy your birth was, right. You know, I, I think that, you know, there are women out there that it's just like a, you know, like a water slide. Like they have the easiest, like, <laughs> in the world. I didn't and then know. They have, and then they have like 36 hour grueling births, you know? And so, but either way, being strong everywhere in your body is a thing. So that was another thing that surprised me and it will change the way that I coach moms Yes. in, in fitness going forward. I think that's great. And I think that's one thing people are so scared and for good reason to not talk about the hard things postpartum or even while they're pregnant, because you don't want to scare other ladies or pregnant people, you know, so you don't always want to share your birth story or anything traumatic that happened or anything, any leakage or whatever that happens. But we have to have these conversations also. So people can say, Oh, well you had that me too. So we can address Mm -hmm. it forward. So it's a you know, yeah. slippery slope, slope there too, like how to address it, but not put the fear. So people yeah. are having babies, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I told my husband this because like the poor guy has more tra- birth trauma than I do. <laughs> Is that, you know, if you would have told me before I had a baby what my birth story was going to look like, I would be, I would have been terrified out of my mind and I would have been absolutely heck no. Right. But now having done it, it wasn't, and I've never been in a hospital. Okay. Mind you, like I have never had a surgery. I, okay. That's why I had a broken ankle when I was in third grade. I barely remember it. We went to the emergency room and all I remember was that I was up all night and the doctor was kind of mean. And then I got a cast and then I moved on with my life, you know? Yeah. Um, I've never had a surgery. I've never, nothing like that. So going into the hospital for this birthing thing, I was like, what does it even look like? I don't like the smells of hospitals. It's gross. Right. Like, but I'm fine. And I lived through it and everything was good. And, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I feel bad for him because he, my belly was in the way, so I couldn't see any of it. But he, <laughs> you know, saw the whole thing. But you said something actually that's like my new favorite thing to say to people that, um, let me get it right because it's very important that I get it right. It's, uh, having like after birth physical, like pelvic floor trauma or like leakage or any of that is common, but it's not normal. Yes. And I think that 
that's great because it says to women, okay, you're not alone because this mm -hmm. is very common, but it's also not normal so you can fix it. Right, right. And we can't and just, I, you know, pretend like it's okay to wear pads all the time for the rest of our lives. It's yeah, not, no, that's no. a hard no. No. Yeah, it's a hard no, I agree. Yeah. But at Absolutely least it needs not. to be assessed and, you know, fixed if you can. There are certainly, you know, certain traumatic things that are more difficult to heal than others, but at least let's look at it and see what we can do about it. Let's not just yeah. pat on it and move on. Right. Yes. And what can we do pre-pregnancy? Yes. What can we do pre-birth? What can we do, you know, I wish that I would have known, even the little bit that you've taught me, I wish I would have known that when I was pregnant. I wish I would have known that before I got pregnant to even focus on these things, you know? So I think, and I don't think enough women, they just, they don't know. And I said this to you earlier, they don't know what's available to them, knowledge or people, and right. they don't know their own power sometimes. Yes. And so these things are all very important. So you're right. That's why you exist because you're, <laughs> Well, thank you. So one of the things that you told me earlier um, was prenatally you had gestational diabetes. Yes. So talk a little <laughs> bit about that because obviously okay. you're a guru in nutrition. Uh, well, and the funny thing is, is that I, so when this first happened and listeners, I guess I gave a background on what I do, but not really my own, my own journey, but a short little thing on that is that I've just been, um, my husband calls me a worker outer. I'm a worker outer and I'm big in, into nutrition. If I can figure out a way to make pizza with all clean ingredients, I will do it. And I've done it and I eat it all the time. I so, love recipes when you post them. Love them. <laughs> so yes, in my first trimester, I struggled with that because I didn't want anything that was a vegetable <laughs> because of my own, my like, cravings and my aversions. So that was hard, but for the most part, I eat really healthy and I was moving. I was doing 300 squats a day at that point. Right. So I go in, do the diabetes test screening. And I think to myself, for sure, there's no way I could have this, right? Like there's no way. I didn't pass the first test. So I had to go in, do the three hour test, which was so miserable. And I knew based on how sick I felt the whole time that I, that I had it. I was like, I, uh, this sucks. And it was definitely an identity crisis for me in that moment. I think I spent an entire day crying about it. And my husband at one point looks at me and he goes, he goes, you're that, you know, he's very comforting. He's very, you know, he, but he doesn't do well with crying. He doesn't know how to <laughs> like he'll hug me, but he really wants to like fix it. So I stop crying. And he said, you're a really strong person and I'm not really that sure right now why you're pretending like you're not. Oh. And I don't know why, but right in that moment I was like, you're effing right. And I just like, and I, a switch flipped and I was like, I'm going to use this. I was like, because there's a reason that this is happening to me and it's not for me. It's for yeah. someone else. It's for, it's for someone else is going to go through this and someone else is going to need a friend and someone else is going to need direction. And this is for me to learn how to do this so that I can help other people. That's how you make it and, right there. Right. And, and that's, and I, you know, you get very, when scary things happen, you get very in yourself until you cry it out and then you're like, okay, yeah. How are we going to move forward and like help the world with this thing? Right. So that's basically what I did. I started researching 
until I was blue in the face. I think I read everything on the whole internet um, <laughs> from like, you know, the macro girl that got it to like the keto girl that got it. I read everything that everybody was writing about it. Um, I ended up going to the clinic because when you have it, you know, you, number one, I risked out of the birthing center that I was originally planning on giving birth at. Okay. So there was that. Um, and that kind of, that was initially why I was very scared because then I then was basically required to be in a hospital, either that or in my own home. And I wasn't brave enough for that. Yeah. <laughs> so that flipped there. Um, it ended up being really great because I was already at the hospital because based on actual birth, I would have had to have been transferred there anyway. Um, you know, it wasn't life or death, but I just pushed for a really long time and I, you know, they didn't have the tools at the birthing center to be able to help me get him out. Um, so anyway, I went to the clinic. They, the endocrinologist like assessed my whole thing. He, I think was kind of didn't know what to do with me because I already had it completely managed. Like by the time I went in there, I already had the little finger prick thing. I already had, like, I was already keeping track. I was already doing all this stuff. Cause I was like, okay, well now we have this, we got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And the dietitian actually, it blew my mind. Cause she was like telling me what to do. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm not going to do that because that's going to hurt me. Mm -hmm. And I was right in that. And she actually asked me um, what I did. And I told her, and she was like, so how I've been, she goes, what did she say? She said, I've been trying to lose the same 10 pounds for like years. And I'm sitting there thinking, what? Like, <laughs> how is it, what? <laughs> you know, and not to like poo poo all over modern medicine, because I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying there are, there's ways to be able to help yourself. And it's, you know, take what they tell you. Yes. But if you still don't feel good or things still aren't changing, like maybe go a step further. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, but it pushed me to do that and it made it so that I can now help if, you know, a couple of my friends now have it and I'm able to say to them, Hey, maybe try this, yeah. maybe do this other thing. So, so they don't have to be on insulin either because nobody wants that. Yeah. But also something really important about gestational diabetes too, that I, I didn't know. And for any of people who are listening that either have it or are afraid they might have it, it actually has nothing to do with you. It is, or as far as my research and what people have told me, it's based on the hormones that your placenta is secreting somehow block or confuse the, um, your insulin and don't allow it to work properly. And I, I want to be more like science than that, but I, I can't. That's, I got layman's terms. That's it. <laughs> so it's not, I mean, I was eating pretty healthy outside of like my first trimester. I had incorporated some like regular people pizza. Mm -hmm. um, Domino's was, um, they knew our house there for a minute. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, my whole life I've been, well, my adult life, I've been eating healthier. But it just came down to, you know, and my next pregnancy can be completely different. Yeah. So, you know, it, my um, midwife said she has four kids and she said the pregnancy that she was eating the worst, she didn't have it. 
her other three, she was eating like salads and, you know, chicken all day. And she got it with the first three and not with the last one where she was drinking milkshakes all the time. Yeah. So, you know, um, and yes, can lifestyle affect us? Yes. But it's a lot, you know, chances are you're going to be doing better if you're doing better. Right. But at the same time, you can't tell your placenta what to do. No, that's really interesting. And I feel like I need to learn more about that area too. I did not have gestational diabetes with any of my mm. three children. Uh, I had the fear every single yeah. time because as healthy as I eat, those pregnancy cravings are real and yes. there's a lot you can do about them. I have been a vegetarian for most of my life. And with my third, I was eating sausage. Like it was going out. <laughs> no control over the yeah. sausage. So, but yeah, I would love to learn a little bit more about that in order for me to help people too, you know, from my, yeah. um, it's a very interesting carb situation. Yeah. Like it becomes very much about the low glycemic and there are things that you could probably eat that I couldn't or vice versa that would affect our blood sugar differently. So that was interesting too, is that I, you know, I had a friend who, um, wait, I think you, you know, Nicole Barton, right? Do you know her? Okay. Me too. She's amazing. Anyone who doesn't know her, you should go look her up. She's on podcast, Dr. Nicole Barton. Yes. She's amazing. So we, she and I had a very extensive conversation about dates and they are low glycemic, but even one, I would eat one. I had to eat them a half a day at a time. Oh my God. Even if I ate one, it would skyrocket my blood sugar. I was throwing them by the handful in smoothies. That's so crazy. Yeah. In an oatmeal. I ate so many dates. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I can now, like now, because once you give birth and once your placenta is gone, you go back to normal. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's a chance that you couldn't, but I mean, I can tell you that I did. But I get (laughs) a lot about that from clients who are pregnant. Should I eat dates? And I'm like, well, the research you know, says that it the answer is yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just, I personally couldn't eat them that way because yeah. of the gestational diabetes, which was crazy because other people with gestational diabetes, they could eat them, several of them at, at a time, but I couldn't, I had to, I had to cut them up and like eat them during the day. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. So cool. Okay. Thank you for sharing about that. I did want to touch on the diabetes because I think it's important. Tell me about what's going on in January. You have a new program launching then? So I do. I, and it's so funny because it's actually kind of based on everything that's happened to me in the past year. Um, so last year, last January, actually, I launched a program called Mindset and Macros. So I did a lot of like mindset stuff around food, but then also every client that entered that program, I would do their macros. So for the people who don't know what that is, what macros are, that's your, your big nutrients that you eat. So that's protein, fat, carbs, and how that affects your body. Um, really more from an aesthetic standpoint, um, really more from like a weight loss or muscle gaining standpoint. Um, so this program this year is going to be mindset and micros. So it's going to focus on all the micronutrients. It's going to focus on um, really heavily on the actual food that you're putting in your body that's giving you nutrition, that is that are giving you nutrients that are causing your body to work 
effectively and efficiently because we know really, I mean, yes, can you overeat in avocados? Probably. Is anyone going to eat 10 avocados in a day? Yeah. Probably not. So, you know, it's definitely, if you're eating things that are packed full of nutrients, most of the time, chances are you're going to get all the goals that you're looking for because most people come to me for weight loss. Mm-hmm. But you're also going to feel better. You're going to function better. Your body is going to actually, you know, so many people come to me and they want weight loss, but macros don't work because they've got some kind of other hormonal something going on that they do or don't know about. And they don't know how to eat to support that. Mm-hmm. And so if you're just eating macros, that basically says like, okay, well, an Oreo cookie is made up of carbs and fat. And if you have that allotted amount, then you can still eat Oreo cookies, right? But you and I know, yeah. And so but you and I know that an Oreo cookie has like zero nutritional value, right? So if you're filling your carbs and your fat with, with um, Oreo cookies the whole day, your body is, number one, you're still hungry because you're not getting any nutrition. And it's just, it's just not effective for your body. It's not helping your hormones. It's not helping your weight loss. It's not helping you feel good. Um, so this time, um, and I want to say that maybe just based on the whole gestational diabetes thing, I don't, we know that eating nutritious things is you're going to lose weight no matter what. Like if you are filling your diet with fruits, vegetables, you know, lean proteins, um, you know, you say you're a vegetarian, so you're clearly eating a lot of plants. Yes. If, if you're filling your, filling your day with that, you're going to feel amazing and you're going to lean out and that's just is what it is. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of these macro coaches are missing that. So that's why. I think that's, that's awesome. Cool. I love that. <laughs> Honestly, I love that. And Thank I think you. you're, you're more full when you eat that way. You're not snacking <laughs> yes. as much during the day. Or emotional yep. eating, which I know that's a whole rabbit hole that we could probably go to. <laughs> but yes, yes. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So what is your vision for the future? What's your business gonna look like going forward? Any grand ideas? You got a new year, I... got a new decade. <laughs> yeah. I know, that's so crazy. Crazy. Um I remember when we were all like sitting around waiting for the power to go out in like year two thousand, like yes. UK. But... <laughs> Here we are. Um twenty years ago. So, and Dr. I remember the outfit I was wearing that night. I was what fourteen. Um, so I want to. My goal for this year is to help people realize a couple of things. One is that they are fully in charge and in control of their lives. Yeah. So whether it means their food, whether it means their you know, their daily habits outside of that, um, you know, their goals, their promotion, whatever that looks like, they are in control of that. The other thing is people say, and I used to say this, I was a macro coach originally because I wanted people to be able to still fit the things that they love into their, into their diet. Like I wanted to them to still be able to go to pizza with their kids or I wanted them to still be able to go to Mexican food with their husband and not feel guilty and still get progress, you know, um, still have progress in their, in their fitness goals. Okay. 
what I started realizing was a lot of people will use that, myself included, as an excuse to just see, uh oh, there we go, see what kind of garbage they can fit into their diet. Did I, did I? You're good. Okay. And so now going forward, I want people to know you can still live your life while eating the most nutritious things possible. You can still go on a road trip. You can still go out of town. You can still like do all these things while taking responsibility for your health, while making it important for you, while making yourself a priority, while making your health a priority. Nobody is going to judge you. And if they do, like screw them. Right. But if you go out of town to say like your cousin's house for Christmas and your cousin's, you know, pantry is filled with only, you know, Oreo cookies, nobody, I mean, it's on you if you don't take responsibility to, for what you put in your mouth, right? Right. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person if you eat Oreos. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying I it's okay. Now that I'm going to get about the Oreos. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, just, I don't know why I use Oreos. For some reason, it just seems like the right thing to say. But like, you know, tomorrow I'm going out of town. I'm going to my grandmother's house. And when we get there, we are going to be responsible for what the normal things that we eat. Yeah. Like I'm there you are. There we go. My headset died. Let's turn this up a little bit. Um, I, I'm going to take responsibility for what I'm going to eat that week. And also it helps that I get to cook Christmas dinner <laughs> too. So, yeah. um, so yeah. So, and, and I say that not to, not in like a judgy way or not in like a, um, like a, you know, like I said, you're a bad person if you eat Oreos. It's not like that at all. I just think, like I said, people have more power over their choices than they, than they know, or than they're willing to admit. And I want to make sure I want to empower them to step into that. I think that's great. So, yeah. I think, I think this is why I maybe I'm not allowed to be on podcasts because I can't shorten anything. <laughs> I'm like, here's the long winded version of everything. Ever. <laughs> That's good. And it's so important because even me, like when I go on road trips, that's the hardest time. I end up packing this huge bag full of snacks just so I can eat and mm -hmm. don't have to go to the crap I don't want to eat, honestly, you yep. know, just because it's the only option. Okay. So how is the vibe in Nashville as far as women's health and what are we doing great and what can we do better? I think we are doing, I think we're doing fitness really well. Okay. Like, I think we're doing regular people fitness okay. really well. I think there are, especially in the last, I mean, I've lived here for whew, almost 13 years and the amount of like gyms and just like, you know, and there's a lot of musicians here. So there's like a thing about a certain look and all that, sure. but the amount of gyms that have popped up, whether it's spin or boot camp or whatever, very extensive like so 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 many yeah um i think we could be doing food better okay. i think we could be doing nutrition better and i think we could be doing what you do better i think we could be doing women's health better like um being truthful about the leakage situation being truthful about you know and even if you don't want to tell any of your friends 
call up Amy and tell her. Tell like, me. <laughs> all day. No. So if, because that can be fixed. So, and I think we just maybe need to figure out how to get the word out about it better. Well, and that was my piece in creating this podcast because I was struggling with how to get the word out, you know, and it wasn't just my industry of physical therapy, but I was talking to trainers and coaches, um, even, you know, like spiritual coaches, like how do we get mm -hmm. the word out? So I was like, well, this is the platform I can use, you know, it's yeah. one tiny way. Not everybody listens to podcasts, obviously, but we do spend a lot of time in our car. Um, but yeah, that's the hardest part is just getting the word out. So yeah, absolutely. Any final words of wisdom for our listeners? <laughs> I feel like podcasts are so interesting because normally when I'm on phone calls or whatever with clients, like we're talking mostly about them. And so yeah. I, I'm sitting here thinking like, you just asked me a bunch of questions about me. And so I feel very, you know, like, oh, I just talked about me for an hour, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you're giving our community, which is fabulous, you know? Well, and I appreciate that so much. And I, I guess the words of wisdom would be don't, the people who are listening, don't stop doing what you're doing. Because obviously if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to other things and you're probably doing mm. research of your own. And you're probably actually like you're taking charge of yourself. You're learning and you're you know, and I think that that's huge. And yeah. so, you know, in the very beginning, that's, and still to this day, coaches that I found that I've hired, I found through other podcasts or other people that I've been learning from, or, you know, Nicole directed me to you and, you know, Megan as well. So it was just kind of, you know, a domino effect. And so yeah. I'm grateful for that. So people who are doing that, keep doing that and keep yeah. listening to the podcast and all that. Yeah. I love that. I think you're right though. A lot of people that probably do listen are the people who don't need it as much as that's interesting. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting perspective for sure. So tell yeah. all your friends to start listening to podcasts. I know it. Trust <laughs> me. I'm on it. <laughs> okay. So how do people reach you? If they want to join your coaching and program, me um, on Instagram or Facebook. My Instagram handle is your stronger self. And what are those little, I'm, this is terrible that I'm even saying this. What <laughs> are the little like underscore lines called? Is that what they're called? Underscore. underscore? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's at your underscore stronger underscore self. And then my Facebook is obviously Megan self. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise. Well, thank you. I appreciate it so much. This is fun. I want to do this all the time. Can we just walk around and video chat all the time? Yes, we totally can. Hey, I'll bring you back on the podcast after your new program gets launched and we can talk okay. about that some more and talk about what you learned from hosting it too, because I bet you'll learn a lot. Cool. I am super pumped. And actually, 